0: It's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kelechi, sorry, Kelechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> It's the Ben's Brunani is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Every sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cop's ready for the tea We I go sippy here Hard time calling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never I never know. know. Let you find And she's wonderful kind. Don't say your mind, say your mind. I haven't got a song for this week because I'm tired. (coughs) Look at my voice even breaking then. Um, Well, welcome. Welcome to another week of SYM. It is I, Kalechi. Don't fucking call me that. It's Kalechi, and a blood clot place to be. And you're listening to SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as what, what? That's right. Suck your mum. I'm so um, I'm so sorry, so sorry, no, sorry, I, I always think about that random song, it's so random, it has no context whatsoever, um, I'm always so surprised by the number of people I run into, um, I guess over the, the, the past couple of years, really, but more recently, who listens to the podcast, like, I'll just be walking anywhere, and you'll be like, I love your podcast, and it's really humbling to know that it reaches so many people, because, like, seeing numbers are one thing, but actually seeing like actual humans, you're like, rah, no, this is a whole entire human with their own freaking life, and every Monday or whenever they can, they tune in to hear me and my dulcet tones talking about, dulcet, you know, look at me giving names to things, um, to talk about the things that, um, I think that are valuable for us to know, and that I think are important, it's, yeah, it's really, really something, really something, So, um, well, here we are another week, another week of, um, wildness all around the place. And I, I really don't even know where we begin with, with all of the wildness really, but we'll, we'll start somewhere on the subject of like people listening to the podcast though. It is really weird slash awkward when, you know, like you've, I've run into someone or a group of people who listen to the podcast and we're busting joke and clearly now it's an inside joke in it because if you don't listen to the podcast you don't know what we're on about and we're kiki in and if someone's like oh what does sym mean what what does the straw mean suck your mum what does that mean it's like oh babe let it go let it go let it go you're not part of the club you're not part of the club you gotta let it go oh my god that's so offensive shut up shut up go and sit down go away um But yeah, uh, so it's always kind of like cringy, because it's just like, you don't know the levels, um, stop it. And it's usually those people who, like I said before, who follow me on like one platform, usually Instagram, uh, they're like, oh, what do you think of this? And did you see this in the news? What did you think of this? And it's just like, go and listen to the fucking podcast and stop asking me questions that I've already answered. But I say it in like a nice way, like, oh, I've already addressed this on the podcast. So, you know, I'm not going into it with you. Had an awkward experience, though. Look at me filling you in on my week. But I had an awkward experience where I went to go um, and do something. And there was this white guy there. And, uh, like, older white guy had braids. Very interesting look. Um, and so I'm talking, as a black person, to other black people about um, black things, and I think at one point we're talking about, you know, the transatlantic slave trade and colonization, you know me, like, I will get that conversation in anywhere, right, so I'm talking to them about it, he jumps in, and he's like, yeah, man. Like, the people of this country, the things that the white people... Like, he's not white himself. The things that the white people have done in this country and they've done all around the world and they pretend like they don't know what they've done all around the world to the people them. Like, you know, like when they took the people to America, they took the black people, they took the Africans to America and they took them to America and they make them work and they, and they make them do all of the things and then they now went to Go and bring the Chinese. They went and brought the Chinese and started treating them worse than the slaves. Started treating them worse than the slaves, had them build the railroads with servitude, indentured servitude. And I just thought, but see, this is why we will never prosper as a people. We'll prosper in Jesus' name. But this is why we'll never prosper because why don't white people want to know their place? especially when it comes to conversations such as those, like if you are a white person in a space with black people and you are the main person talking and you're not talking about whiteness as an experience, you're talking as if you know the history of the things, you're probably being a fucking idiot and you should shut up. I just feel like usually if you're a white person in a space with black people discussing blackness, race, racism, more the, the proportion of your interaction should be, I would say like 95% listening, 5% talking, because we already know of your experience, and we don't really want to sit here with you centering yourself, and doing the most, and it's even worse when, oh, When a white person gets like a little piece of information, my God, one piece of information that they will drag all the way out and they will not let you hear the end of it. Like this one, he's probably sat around a few Jamaicans, feels like he knows things and he's running with that. They were treated worse than the slaves. No one was fucking treated worse than the slaves, bitch. Nobody was treated worse than the slaves. So I'm there politely nodding because I'm here in this place in a professional capacity. And then he gets to, they were treated worse than the slaves. I had to lock it off. I just started talking over him and I started talking to the black person I was talking to because I just thought, I'm not doing this. And he kept trying to repeat it, kept trying to like wiggle his way back into the conversation. Go and wiggle yourself out of them braids. Stay out of the conversation. No one was talking to you. Um because at first I was entertaining it, like, okay Mr. Man and his braids, he really feels like he knows something, go off and then when it got to, got to yeah, and the Chinese, they brought them to do the railroads and, you know, they were treated worse than the slaves, what do you mean they were treated worse than people who had their penis cut off who were raped continuously and in order to breed um, further enslaved people who were lynched for over 400 years, what the hell are you talking about indentured servitude after they finished no matter how horrific the condition were that they were working in, look at the disparity now socioeconomically and even in just just general social conversations that we have, we know that there's anti-Asian hate and it's vile. Generally, asian people especially east asian people are considered to be the model minority so they definitely don't have the same stigmas attached to them like black people so saying that they were treated worse than the slaves is a hyperbolic statement to make and i just felt like if i now start talking you're the kind of white person that feels like because you read the first page of i don't know roots you now feel like you personally are kunta kinte and you're gonna now tell me about history that i i i know in my blood i know so i just thought nah not doing this but it just really really got me because i just thought this is how people go and peddle misinformation just because they feel like um they spoke to one person who probably has in some a lot of internalized anti-blackness they've taken part fiction part non-fiction put it together Bob's your uncle with braids and they're just talking about it anyhow in public spaces so I literally had to physically move away once that I was done in one station I had to physically move away because I was like I don't want to be anywhere near you because I'm gonna have to cuss you out and I don't want to have to do that so let me move but um yeah, it was, it was just a wild state of affairs. I just felt like randomly sharing that because that's one of the experiences that I had this week. Um, and of course it was going to make it onto the podcast. That's what happens sometimes. Like people will be talking to me and I will just kind of glaze over because in my mind, I'm just like, I'm going to talk about this on a podcast and I'm going to drag the fuck out of you. But there's no point in me telling you that in person. I'll go and do that elsewhere. I just wanted to share that little piece of information with you Yeah. So, um, well, let's get on with the tarot then. Um, so the tarot for this week, the question I put to spirit was how do people go about like figuring out they're at a crossroads? I just got the energy when I was shuffling the cards, um, about crossroads and decision-making and how to go about making the right decisions, whether it's like career-based, whether it's, um, romantic. Um, yeah, it's, um, just focusing on decisions, basically. So the first card that came out was the Three of Pentacles. And I'm using a Lisa style Modern Witch Tarot deck as per usual. I know I need to switch up these decks. I've got so many boxes, but I will get to it. Um, So yeah, Three of Pentacles. The energy I get from this, especially when I'm doing readings, is that you've got to let, like, you've got to invite in the spirit of collaboration. So when you're trying to make a decision, going towards people that you trust. Because in the image, we see a black uh, woman drawing. She's at a life drawing class. There's a naked um, woman in front of her and she's drawing. And then there's a white woman standing next to her with grey hair and kind of like talking her through, or maybe just having a conversation with her or just um, admiring what's being done. But it looks like she's advising her on what she's drawing. So the energy I get from this is like, when you're trying to make these decisions about where you want your life to go, maybe it's in, in like, maybe it's something that will help you in order of um, having like having a mentor, having people that you can go to that are maybe more experienced in that field or have, um yeah, literally more experience. Like they may not necessarily be senior to you, but maybe they've been doing that thing for a little bit longer. So you can go and ask for advice from those kind of people and choosing the people carefully, I've always said that I haven't really ever gravitated towards a mentor because I feel like some of the older, and I'm going to maybe go into that later, we'll see, but there's some kind of energy from like older people, especially like older black women sometimes, especially because they've had to grow up in such conservative environments and like they've really had to watch how they're moving, that when they're seeing the things that I'm doing, all they can um, meet it with is fear or, like, scepticism, or, yeah, but I would say mainly fear, like, so, there's not, there hasn't really been anyone that's been able to advise me on what I'm doing, um, so, yeah, and where I ended up kind of going was, like, therapy, and even therapy, every time I'd have a black woman therapist, they would get to a certain point where I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm done now, thanks so much, need to go, because I would always realise when I'd reach that limit of, that's about as much advice as I want from you or as much space as I want you to hold for me, I'm off. So it's about knowing what your limitations are, knowing what your boundaries are, that kind of thing. And so this is definitely giving that energy. But ultimately, because I didn't ever feel like really I had a mentor, I have over the years had to rely so much on spirit. So I also get from this, like, you have to let God... Help you to draw the life of your dreams, because again, I'm, you know, we're literally looking at a life drawing class. You have to collaborate with your spirit team in order to make the decisions that you need to make. You'll make wiser decisions if you just listen to what's being said to you intuitively. I gave the example on my Instagram stories on Saturday, was it? Where I was like, I'd gone out with a friend the night before. We went to this restaurant in Mayfair called Stork. It's a Nigerian restaurant um, well, I'd say, yeah, Nigerian restaurant, and it, or do they call it Pan-African? They better not call it Pan-African, because you can't make the food of an entire continent, but, um, yeah, so I went to, uh, Stork in Mayfair, it was very, very cute, I really enjoyed the food, I probably want to go back, I was thinking maybe I'd book a table, or book tables for my birthday, and I told Sadiq, and Sadiq said, yeah, but you've got to invite more than your two friends, And that was such a shot. That was such a, that, that he was just taking shots for no reason, but you know him. But I feel like the reason he said that is because that kind of reminder that I really don't like to go out of my immediate circle. Like I've got two main friends and, you know, well, I say two main friends. I've got like a very, very small group of friends and they don't even hang out together because I like everybody to be separate. And that's that. And I'm willing to bring everybody together once a year, maybe twice to celebrate things to do with me. Other than that, no. So I feel like, whether he, because I say that Sadiq is very psychic, not psychic when it comes to guessing the title of songs, but psychic in the, like in all the other senses, like he's really perceptive in that way. So I feel like it was that kind of nudge from spirit through him for me to take a chance on people more. And basically the person that I went to um, dinner with at Stork um, messaged me, I think, um, sent me an email maybe over a year ago, can we say over a year ago, or oh, yeah, close to a year ago? And they were just like, "Oh, um, let me know if you ever need help with this thing." And I read the email and I thought, "Oh, that's really cute, cool." Then Didn- didn't do anything else about it. Then some higgy haggar was happening this year, and I was just like, "I remember that they offered me help with this thing, so let me holler." And through doing that, we gradually just became really cool and I was just like I think this person is really alright and without kind of thinking too much about it I was like, Do you want to come here? And do you want to do this? And do you want to do that? Because they've given me so much help in different ways without wanting anything from me because I explicitly you should know how I roll. That's I like what do you want? What do you want from me? Um and it was very they were very clear, like, okay, nothing right now, but in X amount of t- time when I've helped you enough for you to be able to do rare, rare, rare. I would like rare, rare, rare. So yeah, it's just a very, very transparent thing. And that came to my mind that slowly, slowly I'm starting to kind of, um, entertain or, um, be more open to interacting with people who I haven't known before. Um, but yeah, I, I just felt like, that was a dig from Sadiq, but I did like the restaurant and I was thinking maybe, yeah, I would go there on my birthday, but that's not for certain yet. Uh, why was I even sharing that story with you? But yeah, just the spirit of collaboration, right? Just the spirit of collaboration, being open to different ways of collaborating, being open to um, looking at your skill set and then looking at other people who have a particular skill set and combining that to do the things that you need to do. Um, Yeah. So just, I've even lost my train of thought, but it was a very salient point anyway, is why I wanted to bring it up. But you, when you're trying to make these decisions, you have to let um, spirit collaborate with you. You have to let God collaborate with you. Listen to the intuitive nudges as to where you're being led yes, and then I said on my Instagram stories that I, that's where I was, look at me finding my way back, like Hansel and Gretel, without getting burnt in the oven, or in eating, how the fuck do you go and eat somebody's gingerbread house, this is the problem with white children, right, like, how do you just, that sense of entitlement, same with Goldilocks, why do you not want to mind your business, like, who is raising you, so, like, you're walking past a house, and it's made of gingerbread, and you don't think, rah, I don't know if I should be eating. What other houses have I seen ever made out of gingerbread? I haven't ever seen a house made out of gingerbread. So maybe I shouldn't be eating this one. But you're so fast and reckless that you started chomping on the woman's house. So now if the woman wants to put you in the oven, can anybody really blame her? Can anybody really blame her when you've been chomping on her yard? Anyway, again, that is not the point. Find your way back, Kalechi. So went to stalk. Sunday, uh, Saturday morning. now. So we went to stalk on Friday, Saturday morning. Now I wake up and I'm like, nah, I don't feel like running. My back hurts. I just want to chill. I don't want to go for a run. And then I changed my mind. I was like, I do want to go for a run. And then spirit was like, okay, go to the smaller park. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, cool. I'll go to the smaller park. So I start getting myself ready, start getting left ready. And then I set off, get downstairs, get outside. And then I start running in the direction of the bigger park remembering that I was feeling like I should have gone to the smaller park especially since I didn't want to really really run I get to the bigger park now and the gates are shut because why they're having a fun fair there so I even now turn around and run back or I just run um you know the circumference or is it the, the parameter uh the perimeter is it look at my life anyway <laughs> I go running around I, I I'm laughing because I know that a few of you would have tried to tell me what it is out loud in your house, like I'm gonna hear you. But um, so I've run around the place now, so I'm ending up running much longer than I would have intended. And as I'm coming back, I'm like, oh, I want to go and buy some yam and plantain because I'm gonna cook that later. So I go to go and buy that now, and then I realise there's a Millwall match about to start in a few hours. Because you know them lot, the day the the, the day that a Millwall matches or any football match is gonna happen them motherfuckers are drinking from 8am. So people were already outside the pub doing the most. I was just like, God, you told me and your child did not want to listen. Look at my life. So I had to just be very, very quick because I couldn't take my big buggy into the shop either. So I'm watching the buggy, watching all of these men with their three lions on their head tops, like drinking their pints, looking over at me. I just don't feel comfortable with that. So I'm having to like stretch one leg and my neck into the shop to be like, I need yam and plantain. This is the yam that I want. This is the plantain. Can you just do it? She wasn't catching on oblivious. You know, sometimes the customer service in some of these black establishments, is really a madness, but that's for another day. So I'm like, all right, cool. I pay for everything quickly, quickly. I move the buggy as close to the door as possible, pay for everything. And I just, you know, take off and head back home. But I realised in that moment that I was told by that quiet voice, that still voice all the time, go to the smaller park, go to the smaller park. But I didn't want to hear word. And I saw why I should have gone to the smaller park. So I tell you all of that. As we're looking at the three of pentacles, because spirit is always willing and ready to collaborate with you. Your creator is always willing to create more with you in this experience of humanness, right? But spirit's not going to shout. Your spirit guides aren't going to shout. Sometimes your ancestors might shout at you because they don't play because they were once human. So they'll cuss you the fuck out. But spirit, um, it's not going to shout. It's just going to say the thing, keep repeating it quietly. If you choose to hear it, cool if you don't choose to hear it, now you're on be that so Allowing spirit to collaborate with you when you're trying to make these decisions, so you don't feel like you have to go it alone. And when you allow spirit to collaborate with you, King of Wands energy comes out. You can be confident in what you're doing. You can go forth knowing that you've got like ten thousand. What, what did what did Oprah say? She's like, "I stand as one, but I come as ten thousand or something like that. When you, when you go into these spaces, when you've made these decisions, if you go into these relationships or whatever, you're going in with the confidence of ten thousand um, and people energies like your lineage with you if you're a coloniser, I don't want your 10,000 ancestors, please, um, but you're going into that situation with the confidence that you're supported, and you'll be able to make decisions, even when you face, face, like, jagged obstacles, you'll know that you're fine, you'll know that you're doing the right thing, and you can trust yourself, because the fist is clenched here on the king of wands card, with the, um, with the wand up, with, like, leaves on it that are meant to emulate flames, so you'll be able to just stand in your authority. And if anyone tries, you, you've you got that fist clenched because you know you're supported. And then the next card is the six of wands in reverse, because gone are the days when you are going to wait for people to celebrate you. You've got to celebrate yourself. You've got to know that you are worthy. And when you, like sometimes when it comes to things, especially decisions that we make in life, we've got to teach people how to treat us. And, you know. I remember my mum saying that people will only buy you for the price that you sell yourself. Now, the thing is, some people are going to try and knock down the price, but if you know the price of, of who you are, you know, you, we're talking proverbially here, then you shouldn't go for anything lower than that. If they can't afford it, then you, you're you above their pay grade, baby. You're above their pay grade. It is what it is. You keep it moving. So that's, de- like, that's the energy that we get here, being pure of heart, like trusting yourself that you've got this, that you want to be in places where you're celebrated. So if it's a case of moving job, You definitely want to do that, like... Do go to where people are glad that you exist. If it's a relationship thing, again, if it's family members, again, you're coming back to the same thing. You want to be celebrated, you want your divinity to be honored. So you should make the decision that most honors your divinity, that most allows for the space or facilitates a space where you can be your best self. That is where you should be gravitating towards. Um so I kind of I really, really like that um six of wands energy. It's out in reverse, but it's because that reminder needs to be there. And I said it in my stories, the same stories when I was talking about my Millwall um, encounter, my close encounter, that, um, you know, these like fitness magazines will reach out when they want me to promote something that they're doing in their magazine place. They want me to promote it on my page. So my page is big enough for, and influential enough for you to, need, to want promotion off my page, but it's not influential enough for me to maybe be on the front cover or even have a space inside. Like, who else? Who else is doing it like I do it? Running with my child up and down, up and down, up and down. And you lot said that you were listening and learning in 2020, Abby. Where is my cover as a black mother who runs with her child up and down the street? Where are my brand partnerships? Where are they? More, more time, I'm gonna turn a lot of you down, but the 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 principle is I should be offered it in the first place. Running magazines, where are you, man? Women's Health, where are you, man? But everyone's just watching. Everyone's just watching because why? You're scared of black women, and you're scared of outspoken black women. You're scared of black women that know what they want and how they're gonna go about getting it. But we all know that that should be my vibe. That should be my thing. So give me my um, sports cover, whatever. Um, fitness magazine front cover. Not playing with you, hoes. Um, the next card after that is the eight of swords. So we've got the six of wands in reverse and then we've got the eight of swords because you've got to stop being in denial about the places that you're in. Sometimes you are a square and then you're trying to squash yourself into the spaces for triangles and you're like, oh no, it's fine. I'm comfortable here. I'm comfortable here. Meanwhile, your neck is about to snap because you're not comfortable there, but you don't want to make the decision that will take you out of that space because you're scared of the unknown. But you know this space, and you know it's not working for you. So, like, what's the unknown? How much worse could? Well, I mean, we live in this society, but honestly, how much worse could be the? Um, could the unknown be? Like, you've just got to consider that you can't ignore for much longer the fact that you're not comfortable with certain things, and it's time to take the blindfolds off and to take the rope that you've wrapped around yourself. You've got to take it off and follow your intuition, follow that water, and when you do boom, we've got the nine of cups. That is when you're going to feel like true fulfillment. So many people have lived their life. Like how old are you lot? Like some of you are sometimes, I don't know how you're listening to this show, but some of you are 16, 25, 28, 35, 48, 52. Heck, some of you are 67. What 67? Yeah. And you're listening to this show. Now I need you to go back, look at your life. And how much would you say the percentage of your life you've lived it feeling true emotional fulfillment? Shall we say 15%, 20%? Some of you are probably saying five. Right. Is that any way to live where you've only experienced for 5% of your life something that feels like true fulfillment? Fuck that. You need to feel elated, almost on the verge of ecstasy, euphoria to be alive. And I'm not saying that you're going to stay in that state constantly, but you should at at least experience it frequently. The fuck? And this is what's going to allow for that. Changes need to be made. And 2020 should have showed you this whole panoramic, this panda bear, this panna cotta, this panini should have shown you that nothing is as it seems. Any of these structures can come crumbling at any time and they will continue to crumble. Look at how everybody, all of the authority figures from the North, East, South, West, everybody is disgracing themselves. Everybody is offing their pants to show everybody they're gnash. None of these men can be respected. And yet here you are fearful of them and be like, oh, well, they've told me that this is about as much as I can have in my life. So I'm only going to have these things. No, Mercedes me my G-Wagon now. Anyway, that was by the by. But then the last card that we've got is the three of swords in reverse. When you make these decisions, baby, you'll stop breaking your own heart. I know I've said it before, this phrase, but it's reminding you that a lot of the times when you feel heartbreak, you are the one breaking your own heart because you refuse to let your heart expand. You refuse to let your heart feel all of the things, all of the passion that is possible to feel in this life because you're so fearful, like, oh, well, what if my heart breaks? Your heart's breaking right now. Your heart is breaking right fucking now. So how much worse could it be? Like go out and, and make the decision, make the decision that you see yourself like um, thriving in the most. And fam, if it doesn't work, if it's not the way that you expected it to be, you can change course. We could change course at any time. So just remember that. And in a card that comes out from the Spiritual Seasoning for the Soul Oracle deck is, you are already whole. As if I needed to drum the point in any further, you are already whole. You do not need to stay somewhere because you believe that thing is making you whole. You don't need to keep making decisions in your life because you feel like, oh, well, I've got to make these decisions. Less people will feel like I'm broken. Oh, well, they can have any perception that they want. But the thing is, you came into this world whole. You are already everything that you need. You are already everything that you should want. You've just got to look at the different aspects of yourself and be like, how can I make this feel more like home? And you make it feel more like home in the decisions that you're making for your life. You can't keep pretending like this 5% energy that you're giving yourself, um, about the passion and the fulfillment that you deserve to feel, um, that you deserve to feel in your life. Like, why is your battery about to die? Why is the battery of your, um, fulfillment and your passion? Why is it on 5%? Come on, come on, live larger, live more holy. You are already whole. Remember that. So that's that for the tarot, anyway. Um, so I'll just go ahead and big up the first of these uh, this week's show sponsors, who are Skillshare. Literally just speaking to you about creativity, and I'm about to speak to you about more creativity. Because why? Skillshare are sponsoring this week's episode and they want you to tap into that creativity. Every human was born to create. Whether you last picked up a paintbrush yesterday or when you were in primary school or even when you were in nursery, you can explore your creativity and be inspired because Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning. With so much to explore, real projects to create and the support of fellow creatives, Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. They're always updating the classes and the courses that you can take on the site and um one of the classes that you can have a look at is finding your style five exercises to unlock your creative identity with andy j pizza what a name. So, um, yeah, give it a try. Give it a shot. Whether you're a dabbler or a pro, a hobbyist or a master, you're creative. So discover what you can make with classes for every skill level and experience real life improvement with hands-on projects and classes designed for real life. Um, yeah, I feel like I want to decorate at some point. I, I was like, oh, I'm going to move flat, move to a house. still waiting for spirit to manifest that in the meantime i might just do a young redecoration but we'll see and i know that they've got courses on that that allows for you to do that too so um yeah explore your creativity at skillshare.com that's s-k-i-l-l-s-h-a-r-e.com forward slash straws and get a one month free trial of premium membership that's one month of a premium membership free at skillshare.com forward slash straws. So yeah, go and try it out. See what courses you can take. See if that helps with your decision-making skills. That's skillshare.com forward slash straws. All right, let's get to share your magnificence. So the first person I want to big up for share your magnificence is Naomi Osaka. Like just a biracial queen, just like, ugh I feel like this is how you do it you know, like when people talk about, I mean, I'm not biracial, so I don't know, um, existing in that space where you're trying to figure out your identity, as Naomi's trying to figure it out, she's also highlighting things and showing herself to be responsible in ways that I don't feel like other people necessarily are showing themselves to be responsible. Um, so Naomi Osaka tweeted on Saturday, yeah, literally a minute before midnight on Sunday, that would have made it Sunday, she tweeted, Really hurts to see all the devastation that's going on in Haiti and I feel like we really can't catch a break. I'm about to play a tournament this week and I'll give all the prize money to relief efforts for Haiti. I know our ancestors' blood is strong. We will keep rising. Wow. 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 Literally, when will your fave? When will your fucking fave ever? First of all, my heart goes out to the people of Haiti because just having um, suffered or um, a, a massive earthquake, I now hear that an, a hurricane is also um possibly on the way as well, and it 's just a lot like if you 're not dealing with the you know the geographical implications of what 's happening to the country you 're also dealing with the political um situations as well with France being fucking idiots, and everything that haiti 's been put through historically. And I just feel like it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. But Haiti, because someone, I think people are tweeting like, oh, Haiti must be cursed at this point. Shut your fuck up. Shut the fuck up and don't throw words around like that. Haiti literally, um, in terms of where it is geographically runs, um, um, along fault lines. So if anything's going to happen, it's going to, it's going to affect, it's going to affect them. It's going to affect the country. So yeah, it's just, a lot. It's just a fucking lot. And I just appreciate so much that Naomi Osaka was just like, first of all, no, no, actually, let's just take a second. First of all, let's deep just how confident and amazing Naomi Osaka is. And I love that energy of knowing that you are great and that you are one of the greats, right? Naomi said, I'm about to play a tournament this week and I'll give the prize money to relief efforts for Haiti. She's already told you that she's won. She hasn't played the tennis match yet. And Naomi already said, bitch, I've won. And so I'm already deciding what I'm going to do with my prize money. So think about the tarot that I just read out. When you know that you're collaborating with Spirit, you can make the king of wands type of decisions where, bitches, none of you can chat to me. I have decided that I've already won. So... It is what it is. I'm now deciding what I'm gonna do with the um, with the money, and I just think it's so beautiful. It's so. It's so amazing and it's so lovely to see her have a clear stance, like own her Japanese identity, own her like her Haitian identity, and for it to all be a part of her. Um, even when she's facing backlash from the whites who are talking about, oh well, what? So now her mental health is all of a sudden better. Yeah, because sometimes it works like that. Because you know what? Sometimes our mental health is not predictable, you fucking idiots. So, Naomi Osaka, I know that you don't listen to this podcast, but Two slaps on your chest, baby girl, because you, Gen Z queen, are showing us how things really should be done, and how we, no matter what our status is in sali- um, society, I was gonna say in celebrity, like saliva. Anyway, well, no matter what our status is within society, t- true celebrities, quote unquote, true celebrities have that social consciousness, not just the, um, very dismissive, very detached, um, philanthropy or altruism um, or altruism. No, I'm talking about true, true sense of community, which is what, um, like Naomi Osaka and, um, celebrities and athletes like herself, that's what they're inspiring. And that is literally the only way that we're going to move forward with a lot of these things that are happening, um, around us. So like, yeah, I was just so touched by that. Um, And now actually, I will talk to you about a great um, campaign because we're looking at ways that people can move forward and um, the things that they can be doing. Um, And this is uh, telling you about one of the sponsors um, of the show as well, you we had to just get myself comfortable there, because I'm lying in bed, why am I lying in bed, before I even talk about the sponsor, why am I lying in bed, because I had my second vaccination yesterday, and I know some people are like, mam, 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 fam. for me to be able to do some, some of the jobs that are coming up my way, that I've got to like, you know, um, audition for, and all of this, and do this and that, I need to be double backed up, and yeah, we can have a whole conversation about how, you know, you're being directed about how to go about use your own body, but you know, I I gotta get my things, and, um, yeah, I just, I feel like even without the vaccine, I just feel tired anyway, so I'm recording from bed, and it's honestly the best thing ever, and I like having the versatility of having the mic that I can just connect to my MacBook, as well as having, like, my big old desk that I can do sound effects and everything from, um, so it's all wonderful, but anyway, enough about me, enough about the baby girl, um, yeah enough about the baby girl I wanted to talk to you about HR Rewired obviously you hear Sally and HR at the beginning of the episode just a quick one just a quick one um and HR Rewired the managing director is Shireen Daniels and you know she's been in this game for a minute and as a black woman looking at the kind of landscape of how HR operates around the world really um she's been able to be like rah you know people need help. The girls are struggling, especially after 2020 and seeing how everything played out. So HR Rewired, so that's hr-rewired.com, is a great website for Um, people who are, especially if like you're in HR, you work in HR, or you deal with diversity and inclusion within your workplace, you need to go and check out the website because there's some great, great tips on there for you, as well as there's even a freaking test, like you can do a test on there, it says here, have you been asked to fix the problem but don't know where to start? Organizations can no longer afford to operate in ignorance to what is now a global dialogue. Workplace equity and inclusion are under the spotlight more than ever. Take our assessment and discover how your organization measures against new and important standards. Find out in under three minutes if your company is as inclusive as it should be. I already know your answer is no. And um, the test is fast to complete. Assessment is accurate and free your results are tailored and private. I think that's incredible. Look at a queen, look at a group, an organization getting together and going like, this is what needs to be done if we're going to address this. It's free because we know that the moment that we say, oh yeah, you've got to pay for this, then it's suddenly like, oh, we don't have it in our budget as a company to be able to address this issue. Now you're being given the things for free. The girls are giving you the things for free, so go and do the work. But more importantly, um, they've got a conference coming up. So if you want your D&I, and HR team to look at different approaches to dealing with racial equity um, in the workplace, then they should look at joining the Advancing Racial Equity Virtual Conference. The lineup is incredible. And they'll hear directly from CEOs who are doing the work along with inspiring keynotes. Obviously, the baby girl, Dr. Shola Moss, Shobamimu, Shobamimu, as Sadiq likes to call her, um, will also be there as well as um, Trevor Nelson, DJ Trevor Nelson. So you've got a wide spectrum of of people who will be taking part and speaking at this virtual conference. It's on the 23rd of September 2021. So a lot of you men are working from home. You can attend the virtual conference on your workplace's time. I think it's all wonderful. So you should definitely, um, you know, go and sign up and get involved. Um, they've gotten like, it's just such a wide variety of speakers. Um, and the whole point of it is just moving beyond the conversations. Like after we've had the conversations, where are we going? What are we doing after that? So Shireen Daniels is the host of that. And, you know, they've just got great speakers. Um, Lady Phil, Lady Phil is also speaking as well. So it's, yeah, it's exciting times and definitely something that you should um, go and check it out. It's uh, Their website is advancing-racial-equity.com. And why that's brilliant is because you can literally take part from anywhere that you are in the world, so the doors open Thursday 23rd of September 2021, so you've literally got like 39, well I'm recording this, you've got 38 days if you're listening to this on a Monday, to go and get yourself um, like signed up, and that way you're learning how to deal with the discomfort of situations, how do we talk about race in the workplace, oh my god, oh my god, you know, this will help you, So yeah, go and check it out. I'll put a link in the um, show notes for this and I'll also be dropping some tweets um, over the next couple of weeks as well. So that will remind you, but send it to your HR people in your workplace, get them to sign up. There's loads of workshops that you can take part in, great panels to listen to. um, And apart from that, you've got music as well. So if all else fails, just dance in it. But yeah, definitely check it out. It's a thought provoking space for you to be a part of and to learn from and you can buy your tickets for that so the test you know the test that will help you work out if your workplace is inclusive which I've already told you it's not you can use that to figure out how you go about fixing your issues um, but in terms of the conference you can buy a ticket from the um, website uh, which is advancing-racial-equity.com so go and check it out um, and yet yeah, let's get to the next share your magnificence So the next Share Your Magnificence is so cute because Amanda has messaged me on a couple of my email accounts. I'm glad that we got to the SYM one so I could pick it up. Um, It says here, Dear Kalechi, how are you? I hope you are well. My name is Jermaine Amanda and I wanted to ask whether you would consider supporting my efforts to raise awareness for sickle cell and mental health. I'm currently training for a charity fight night to raise money for the mental health charity mind. I wanted to ask whether you would consider sharing my just giving page and my journey. I have six weeks of fight camp training. I'm learning Muay Thai and fight night is September 18th with the white uh, White collar fight club. I have sickle cell disorder and Kikuchi's disease Understandably this will will be a challenge for me but I'm determined. I have circular depression which coincides with the chronic pain I have daily and the niggling crisis which feels never ending. I feel it's important for me to share my journey regarding mental wellness and the correlation between that and sickle cell disorder. The fact that it's a chronic and fluctuating condition means many of us yo-yo and struggle with it. This is a very important message that I wish to share. Would you please consider sharing my efforts? My Instagram handle is at gamma underscore alpha underscore delta. Um, And my Facebook page is Jermaine Doyle. That's Jermaine, G-E-R-M-A-I-N-E, Doyle. My Twitter handle is Doyle Jermaine if you would be willing to support my efforts for charity, my fundraising link is below, please just let me know your thoughts, my Just Giving page link is, and um, Amanda's um, added the Just Giving page, and I'll, I'll put that in the link, and I'll also tweet it as well, because I just think that it's amazing that Jermaine Amanda is doing that, 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 you know, she's doing that, and sickle cell is no joke like sickle cell is literally the reason that i give blood whenever i can give blood it's literally the reason i give blood because i think that if you want to talk about medical racism let's actually deep it the reason that there's a the lack of research that goes into um or lack of funding that goes into researching these things is because it doesn't re- it doesn't affect white people basically so or they think it doesn't um so it's just like oh well you know girl it is what it is but when you're dealing with, for instance, I don't know, biracial children, you're and it's, you know with a black person and another p- person of another and race or ethnicity, you're going to come back and meet the same thing. So there is no way that any of our issues stand in isolation. We're all connected in one way or another. And sickle cell is such an important cause for us to be more aware of, for more funding to go into, because people shouldn't have to be like struggling like this. And of course something so chronic is going to affect the mental um wellness of the person Um, who's having to deal with it? Duh. So, um, yeah, I'll add the link because, um, you know, Jermaine Amanda two slaps on your chest for doing this fight night, I pray that everything goes well, I pray that you feel all of the strength and the fortitude and the energy that you need to get through it, and of course we will support the thing. I'll be supporting, we'll all be supporting, um, because I think it's a wonderful cause, so yeah, that's that for Share Your Magnificence, I think everything's been lovely and gorgeous, now let's get into the steaming pile of shit that's also in So You Mad. So of course you know, like there was no way I wasn't going to talk about it on So You Mad, um, Whisked, Thames featuring Justin Bieber. Why, why, why? I want answers. What is the reason? What is the reason? Of course, I know the reason is that colonizer mentality. Is that oh yeah, but you know, oh everybody else is doing it. I'm sorry. I thought that that remix, so you know how I love the song Essence. You don't need no other body. You don't need no other body we did not need any other Ross Clark body. And even if we did need another body, we did not need Justin Bieber. We didn't need another less lonely nigga, Bieber, on the track. We really did not. Like, this is the same guy that was complaining because, oh, he didn't win a Grammy in the R&B category, because I'm definitely not pop. I'm definitely r and I studied it, and it had all of the elements that's needed for an R&B track, so I don't know why I wasn't in that category. Stop trying to grab all of the things. Just be content in your pop category or your Hillsong category category. category and be fine there, why must you have everything, oh, because you've been told that you could have everything, even then, putting Martin Luther King's speech in your, in your album, only to be singing about rubbing bodies and kissing lips, in the next track, like, there's no respect whatsoever, and that's why the girls stay dragging you, because you don't have any respect for people's things, and then you're talking about, oh, well, I, I know that he donated to the, um, to, I think, to the Martin Luther King Foundation, or some kind of foundation, that Bernice King, she thanked him for the money, So again, people are now realizing how to go about covering their backs. It's like, oh, I'm going to use your things and I'm going to use it out of context with little respect for what it means. And I'm just going to throw it in here. But look, I gave you money. So it looks like I'm supporting your foundation so nobody can come for me. I will still come for you regardless because like... I don't know how else to say this, but sometimes I look at some of you black people, yeah, and I think to myself, you know, if, um, they were, um, recruiting for overseers, if we were still in plantation days, slavery days, as if we've really moved on, but let's say that like we we're deep, deep in slavery days, in plantation days, you lot would apply for the jobs of the overseer, not because you don't necessarily want, you know, things to happen to you, but you genuinely just enjoy serving massa, like, you really just enjoy it, like, you really enjoy, you know, being there, and softly tickling the ball sacks of, of colonialism, like, I think that that's something that you get a kick out of, because time and time again, like, this guy's shown himself to just be very, very insensitive to other people's cultures, and so suddenly we're inviting him into Afrobeats, I know that realistically, there's only so much that we can, like, quote-unquote gatekeep, but, like, at least let's give it a try. None of you man even tried to hold the gate shut. You were like, oh, Justin wants to come in. Oh yeah, guys, open the door. Gates man, open them, open them. Let him come through. Let him come forward. And it just made me really sad. Like all jokes aside, sometimes I see things happening on social media. I see the collective behavior of black people and I genuinely feel sad, especially when I'm looking at people who I consider to be friends, yes, yeah, I guess we could use the term friends, and a uh, proper, like, living for it, and they like, oh, yeah, guys, the remix was seamless, if it sounded odd, you know, I'd understand, but the remix was seamless, and now I need to see the seams of your trousers and your skirts, and your shirts, and whatever the fuck else you wear, because that was not seamless, that, that, that entry that Justin made into that track was not seamless, you can't fuck up my favourite song like that, it wasn't seamless, you singing you wanna ride with me, you say you wanna lie with me, you don't need no other bunny, don't strain, if it's not for you, it's not for you, it's not for you, and I saw the little music video clip that went with it as well, he's dancing, like 67 demons are trying to enter him from his every orifice of his body, he does one kind of jerk forward and backwards, and I know somebody gassed him, I know somebody said, yeah, Justin, that's an African movement, you kind of want to go forward, and then you want to come back really quickly, like snap, like kaka, bap, like kaka, boom, and he did it, and he really thought he did something, and he did nothing, go girl, you gave us nothing, Nothing on that track. It was not necessary. But what hurt me the most about him being on that track is that the fucking line that has the, that actually has the word essence is cut out in order to make space for him on the track. When Thames goes, Term is of the essence, yeah, that gets cut out because we need to fit in Justin and his turkey face. Like, oh, I just it really made me sad I know that I feel like I'm in a space at the moment planetary shifts all of that all the things happening in life where I'm absorbing a lot of energy and I have to be careful of the energy that I'm absorbing right but um saying that I just felt really sad seeing everybody kind of go up for him like guys oh you see what happened to Despacito look at it look how long it stayed on number one once Justin jumped on the track Okay. And again, like two things can be true at the same time. More than more, more than two things can be true at the same time. Justin might have the capabilities of getting you into spaces and making you as confirmed crossover artist by featuring on your track. And it can also be true that he's an irresponsible, immature, colonizing energy white guy. Like I feel like all of those things can be true at the same time. And I don't see him Having changed, especially since when he put that ML, um, the MLK speech, the Martin Luther, uh, Luther King speech in his tr- on his track, and then people were like criticizing him for it, and he was like, "Guys, we didn't learn about racism when I was growing up in Canada." you're a liar and you're a vagabond, because I, no, no, you can't try that, and even if you feel like you didn't learn about black history, you didn't learn about it in Canada, and you know what is possible, because Canada tries to hide their hand all the time, like they aren't just as racist as their American sister, so fine, fine, but the fact of the matter is, when you started working with Usher and all of them man, that those were perfect opportunities for you to have a little peek into black experiences and at no point did you feel like, rah, the although I can sing and I've got, you know, I've got vocals, I've got chords, These men can really blow. Yeah, I'm out here surpassing them. What societal dynamics are allowing for me to surpass them? Because it's not just talent in this case. You never sat down to have that sort of self-awareness. No, of course not. Because a lot of black men in the industry, they love to work with white artists, love to work with female white artists, but male white artists, cool. So you like that, you're not the first. Eminem came through before you, yes you have to have some talent to substantiate the thing, but after the talent they'll just let you have whatever you want and they are insulating you from the real experiences of actual black people who originated, who cultivated this genre, they allow you to just do your thing and everyone taps you on the head and tells you how wonderful you are all of the time and I'm just a bit sickened by it to be honest and I know that I've got mutuals with Justin but you lot are all celebrities together and I feel like you're not in touch with reality because the re- of the matter is, like, now that he's had a little peek in, if I see this guy trying to go for um, a Grammy for best Afrobeats artist or whatever, world music artist next year, I will personally come and flog him, I will, because it's too much, and I, and I think that the track is crap, and I know that the Wizkid army, the um, the Wheezy Babies were like, oh, well, you don't have to listen to it. I fucking know I don't have to listen to it, you stupid pricks. I already know I don't have to listen to it. But the fact that I know it exists really pisses me off. And at the same time, I want Wiz- Wizkid to be successful. I want Temps to be successful. I want them to have all of the things. But I just feel like this guy scrunched his way in and he didn't need to be there. It's not about a collaboration. It's about who you're collaborating with coffee would have banged on that, Damien Marley would have banged on that, popcorn would have banged on that, like, vibes, vibes cartel would have banged on that, but no, because we want to enter into those white spaces, but even in terms of white spaces, fam, I would have taken Ariana Grande, really, you don't need no other body, but actually, she's got a quite powerful voice, I can't do it, but she's got a long ponytail as well, so I don't want her to whip Thames with her ponytail, anyway, um, yeah, like, there were other people that you could have had, um, yeah, I I don't know, I don't even know if Ariana Grande was a great example, because I don't know what energy she's carrying either, and not taking anything away from Justin, well, I'm taking many things away from him, but why is it that all the Justins are, are culture vultures, Justin, you, you, Justin Bieber, you, um, um, Justin, Trouser Snake, Timberlake, culture take, like, why, why, what is it in that name that lets you feel like you can just inter- people's cultures, and take the things, that, wow, collectively, that was a moment of genius, own your things, own your things, own your things, anyway, I really hated it, don't like the track, hate that it exists, I don't mind, um, Wizkid doing more remixes of Essence, can we just choose the people with a little bit more sense, but I understand why he was chosen, he's a massive pop star, but not an R&B star, he's a massive pop star, and he'll get you the numbers, and numbers mean things in this society, so I hope you get your things, I hope that doesn't put us on bad terms, I hope you still invite me backstage at the Wizkid concert, but, you know, that is to be confirmed, um, but yeah, I just thought that that was extremely wild and I'm not here for it. Um, future. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I saw this whole thing about future recently and he called one of his baby mothers a hoe. And I, I mean, this is about future, but it's also not about future. I really just want to take a moment for the people who don't mind saying that future is attractive, and oh, you know, he's so sexy, like, there comes a point where you can't find somebody sexy anymore, because the things that they've done are just so extremely vile, and you know, that's the energy that I'm getting from it, like, how is your child asking you, um, or saying that they need more clothes, and then you're like, oh, don't ask me, ask your mother, she's a hoe, I don't, uh, yeah, I just don't get it. It's very, very, it's very, very nasty. It's very awkward. Um, yeah, yeah, I it, it was just very awkward to read. Like, you're really just, what kind of example is that to even set for your child where you're calling their mum a hoe? And people are like, oh, the future's the greatest, future's the goat. He was joking, it's a joke, it's a joke. I don't think that there's any joke where you're telling, I think the guy, um, the son is eight or something, where you're calling his mother a hoe. I don't see where the joke would be in that. But again, you know, if you guys love him, I can't even say if you like it, I love it, because I don't. I don't like it or love it at all. It's just very bloody weird. It's really nasty. Um so yeah, I just wanted to touch on that quickly, and then, without a doubt, Terry Crews always, Terry Crews always pops up as, like, the neighborhood, like, the neighborhood coon to come and tell us all of the ways that he supports white people in whatever they do, so I was reading that it says, Terry Crews comes in on the shower debate, and he says, you ain't been sweat if you ain't been sweating, you don't need to shower, And again, I'm surprised that as a black man, as a big muscular black man, he's really out here saying like, at what point did your whey protein become contaminated? That protein shake that you drink at what point did it become contaminated to the point where you are saying the most wild things in public spaces? Like I've already cussed out Terry Crews before. I had to do a soft block so he could unfollow me and I could unfollow him because I just wasn't with it. And while I'm on that subject, I really feel like there's a special place in hell for people who you're following them, they're following you, but they unfollow you, but they leave you following them. So now you're clicking like just to be nice on their fuckery, not realizing that they've unfollowed you. I really hate when people do that because me, if I'm unfollowing you I make sure that you also unfollow me too I don't want us to interact sometimes I might even do a a hard block not even a soft block where I make us both unfollow each other I'll do a hard block so it's clear that me and you is not friend but it's really a weird flex where you're leaving people following you it's happened a couple of times well a few times and I'm like really did you think I'd be here if I wasn't being nice if it wasn't a state of like being courteous in fact I'm glad you're gone but next time make sure that we've both unfollowed each other and whenever I see that I usually go for a hard block because I need to remind you that you're a cunt. Um anyway, back to Terry Crews. It says here, Terry Crews is the latest public figure to weigh in on the shower debate and shared that he showers frequently because he spends so much time sweating. Um he says, "I took 3 today. Um 3 today. See, me and Dwayne Johnson are right. I took one in the morning after the workout and then I took one before I got here and then I took one in between acts." Um, The actor is referencing The Rock, who tweeted that he's the opposite of not washing themselves celeb while sharing that he showers three times a day. Um, The 53-year-old says his fitness regime makes regular showers necessary. I love to shower. I love to because I spend so much time sweating. He continued, first of all, if you ain't been sweating, you don't need to shower, Cruz said. But I spend all day sweating, um, all the time running and working out and it ain't nice. My wife is like, babe, babe, babe. I'm Mr. Old Spice. You know what that means? You know what I mean? So I've got to get clean. Okay. But again, that's not how, see how, you're too heavy. Terry Crews, you are you weigh too much. You're literally, your muscle mass is such that you're way too heavy to be sitting on the fence. You're going to break the fence. Don't sit on the fence. It's not a case of if you ain't been sweating um, you don't need to shower. No, every single rascal body, literally physical body, needs to shower at least once a day. Obviously, I'm talking from a place of privilege. Obviously, if you're from um, you know, if you're experiencing houselessness, you may not be able to do that more frequently. But we're talking about people who have the access and means to be able to do this and are actively choosing to not do it, right? you can shower if you have access to it at least once a day. And again, we're not talking about people who are um having um you know difficulties with their mental health and in those situations people are unable to shower. I understand that and take care of themselves in the ways that are appropriate. I feel like these things are a given. We're talking to the people who aren't going through these things, don't see themselves as going through these things and, and are just celebrating, not washing. Everybody needs to shower because it's not a case of just sweating. Pollution. Air. Everything is around you. Bacteria is around you all the time. Literally all the time. What do you mean? It's like one time when one of these celebrities, a black one at that, said um asked um, her followers oh, if you do a wee and you wipe your um, self with tissue, why do you need to wash your hands? And then they tried to backtrack and they were like, no, 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 I, I washed my hands. I was just asking just to see. No, no, that sounds like you don't and you don't. And you just wanted to see if people are with you. You wash your hands all the time. Just wash your hands all of the time. Makes life so much easier. Don't wash your hands only when you poo. Wash your hands all of the time. Okay. Let's just clear that up. Um, but this was such a way of kind of appeasing people like, oh, I need to shower because I train so much. um, And that's why I shower so much. But people who aren't sweating, they don't need to shower. Stop it because that's actually a lie you need to shower as much as you shower, yes, because you sweat so much, so yes, you need to shower that frequently, but everybody else, at least once a day is all you're being asked for, morning and night would be great, but if you can't do that at least once a day, because people, the girls are are struggling on the tube, people are struggling on the tube having to deal with your, with your stench, you know, do it, do it for everybody's peace of mind, right, thank you, so anyway, that's, I guess that's that for, um, yeah, I guess that's that for So You Mad. I just really wanted to get that off my chest and um, I'll pick up the last of this week's show sponsors who are issue and then we'll jump straight into straw of the week, AKA suck your mom. Big up to this week's sponsor, Issue, for um, just doing great things and being a great platform to um, get creative on. It was great having a conversation with them about how you could use the platform for your various materials, like your various creative materials. So that's Issue, I-S-S-U-U, and it's an all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content from marketing materials to magazines to flipbooks and brochures and more. There's no need for like endless scrolling through PDF Yes, because issue um, features your creativity in an easy to view way on every single device. And I feel like that's really, really important because it basically reformats it for you already. So you know, sometimes on certain platforms, like you can create something and it looks like great, but you have to use specific dimensions. Now you try to view that thing, on maybe an iPad or your iPhone or or your laptop, and then suddenly it's looking all distorted and mad. They automatically, issue automatically, like reformats it to fit every single platform that you're using. So you make it once and you can distribute it every everywhere without reformatting. Your content is already optimised for engagement and ready to share. Issue also works seamlessly with tools you already use like Canva, Dropbox and InDesign. Issue helps creators, marketers, designers and anyone really who wants to make content that stands out. And you can start using Issue for free. They also offer premium features that give a more customized feel to the experience. So get started with Issue today for free. Or if you sign up for a premium account, you'll get 50% off to issue.com slash say your mind and your code to get that 50% off um, is straws. So that's s t. R-A-W-S, as you should already know. And like I said, issue is issuucom slash say your mind and use your promo code straws at checkout for your free account or for your 50% off your premium account. That's issue.com forward slash say your mind with your promo code straws and really try it out. Really, really try it out because I was playing about on it and it's actually sick. Like the way that it just allows you to be really, really um, intentional about how you're, how you're formatting things, how you're putting things in and how you're designing your stuff. So whether you do like real estate stuff or you're a graphic designer, or you just like to make your things look cute for the gram, it's perfect. It's perfect for you to be able to use. And so you can send your things forward. Anyway, let's get on to straw of the week. So my first straw of the week goes out to John Hopkins Hospital you know, somebody was like, oh yeah, you know that there's the John Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore and there's the John Hopkins Hospital here and rare, rare, rare. The fact is, whatever John Hopkins Hospital, wherever you are, you've moved like pussyclarts towards black women for, sen- for decades. In fact, I would even say centuries, really. Um, and it's absolutely disgusting. But the reason I'm talking about this specifically now is because of the case of Saisha Mercado and her son, um, Amin Ra, and um they've recently taken her other child as well it's just absolutely wild but before i go into that i also wanted to give a straw numerous straws to the people that have started this new thing where they know what my boundaries are. So they set up fake profiles, zero followers, blah, 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 just created today or just created recently to send me links to things because then they know that I'll block that account. And then I don't know, it's them that sent it. If you're the kind of person that would do that kind of thing where you're actively trying to violate my boundaries, being aware of the fact that I'll probably get to the news that you're trying to share at some point And if I decide to talk about it, that's on me or not. I need you to suck your mother for an eternity. I need you to suck your mother till you pass out because you're clearly a stupid dumb bitch and you don't like to respect people's boundaries and it wasn't just one account I think like four accounts did it around this issue even though I was already reading up on it trying to figure out what was happening before I started amplifying it on various platforms I think you're really really vile people and um I feel like everyone generally deserves a good life but I don't think you do um so anyway back to the case at hand it says here One time American Idol finalist Saisha Mercado is now fighting for the return of two children removed by Manatee County authorities. On Wednesday morning, Manatee County Sheriff's deputies surrounded a car carrying Mercado, her 10-day-old baby girl, and her partner Tyrone Dina. Authorities then took custody of the baby to bring her to the hospital. Dina broadcasted the nearly hour-long encounter near Whitfield Drive and Lockwood Ridge Road on Instagram Live. The video shows several um, several sheriff vehicles nearby with flashing lights, and two deputies providing the couple with a court order to turn over the baby for a checkup at the hospital. Mercado and Dina told the deputies the baby had been seen by doctors the day before. They also said they were on their way with the baby to the sheriff's office at 8 a.m. Wednesday and were told no one was um, available. Um, After a court hearing Thursday morning, the baby was still in protective custody. According to... um, a, a Denisha Pender- Prendergast, a founder of the organization We Have a Right to Be Right, which works to support a variety of social justice issues. For more than three months, the couple has been working for the return of their 15 month old son, Amin Ra, who. um, who was placed into foster care after um, what the couple thought was a routine trip to the hospital. The couple was concerned about malnutrition after Mikado's breast milk supply started to run dry and the boy would not accept other fluids. They took him to John Hopkins All Children's Hospital in St. Petersburg on February 26th. Nearly two weeks later, St. Petersburg police removed the parents from the hospital for trespassing. When the boy was discharged in late March, he was put in foster care over allegations of malnutrition. According to the Manatee County Sheriff's Office, medical staff reported that Mercado and Dina turned down a B12 intramuscular shot as recommended by the hospital, a claim that Mercado and Dina vehemently deny. Mikado said at the time she was never notified that her son had been discharged and child welfare officials did not talk to any family members for response for possible placement. While still engaged in a legal battle for custody of her son, Mikado gave birth to a baby girl. Deputies indicated during the re- uh, recorded confrontation Wednesday that the couple didn't notify authorities about the child. Dina is heard on the Instagram video saying that because of past situations, they have asked that all inquiries about Mikado and the baby be directed to their attorney and they didn't do that the attorney was seen um, pacing across the road as the standoff unfolded before caseworkers could take the girl she began screaming and Mikado breastfed her and provided authorities with a bottle of breast milk. Mikado broke down in tears as she carried the baby um as they um as she carried the baby to another vehicle. You have no heart, my baby is days old, Mikado screamed as a caseworker repeatedly asked her to put the baby in the car. My baby is healthy, my baby is happy. Now, whew, um it's just a lot. Because you would be led to believe that Mikado, although we can't judge people on their um, achievements and their accolades, you'd be led to believe from the way that they're doing this, that Mikado is one waste girl, doesn't look after her children, nothing. You can see that she's vegan and her and her partner like to live that, you know, living off the earth vibe, right? They like to do that. Because she was pregnant while breastfeeding Almond Ra, um, her breast milk started to dry up So he wasn't getting the regular breast milk. So as um, any decent mother would do, she's like, "Ra, let me take this child to the hospital to go and get him more fluids." How is it that I'm bringing my child to the hospital and that you're now citing? negligence, parental negligence, and taking the child from me, but legal kidnapping has been America's absolute vibe for centuries when it comes to black mothers, you lot stole the children from black women, you stole their children and sold them into slavery, you did that for centuries, and then you started um, incarcerating them when you couldn't get your way, shooting them down in the streets when you couldn't get your way, and now it's like, yeah, we're going to take them from birth because they're not being, um, they're not getting enough nutrition, but I fucking told you, I already fucking told you why why my child is not getting enough nutrition, because he wants breast milk, the breast milk's dried up, but he's refusing other fluids, so what do we do now, right, but when white mothers are refusing to vaccinate their children, you're talking about that's their right to be able to do that. And they're not coming to you going, oh, now this has happened. Now this has happened. In fact, if they come to you after not vaccinating their child and their child is now sick, you're not trying to chastise them. You're not telling them off. You're just going to do whatever is necessary to get that child better, right? So now this mother has made specific choices for her child breastfeeding her child, I think that that's wonderful, the breast milk's drying up because she's pregnant and she's, you know, so she's not producing what she needs or what the baby needs in anticipation for the next baby that's coming, so she's now taking the initiative to bring the child to you at the hospital, so how is that negligent when she's bringing the child to you at the hospital and you take her child away, you arrest her and her partner, or you kick her her and her partner out of the hospital, citing trespassing, And you're trying to basically send her child into the system, make the child believe that she's an unfit mother and that she doesn't have access. You lot are the same motherfuckers. I don't care if it's John Hopkins in here or John Hopkins over there. All of you are demons of the same name demons of the same name, because it was John Hopkins, a John Hopkins hospital, where Henrietta Lacks went in, because she was having abnormal bleeding, they found out that she had a tumor in her cervix, as they were taking the cells to do biopsies, and all of them things there, they discovered that her cells would multiply, constantly multiply, when other people's cells would die, why? Because we come directly from the gods, bitches, um, so her cells are now multiplying, and that's how you got the HeLa cells, um, Henrietta Lacks, that's how they ended up naming it, you can watch the story, like Oprah made a film about it, about the, um, about the life of Henrietta Lacks, and how the medical industry went on to use her cells to be able to have so much medical innovation, meanwhile her family were none the wiser, never got paid, even though, yeah, we can say how money might have been a bit awkward, but you lot were making money, You lot and Big Pharma were making money off this black woman's cells and you didn't tell anybody where the cells came from. And actually now you can even, if you're a medical student or a scientist, whatever, you can buy some of those cells online. Like you could imagine that. I just need you to take a moment to think about how black women's bodies have been disrespected throughout fucking history. And we're talking about the history that starts with the white European imperialist um, agenda. We're talking about that specific point. We could talk about other points, but let's start there because that's pretty far back. Let's start there. Imagine you can buy a piece of this black woman online to do your studies and to do your things. And here we are, just not respecting black women's things, but black women's bodies are used as the innovative structure, the innovative foundation for everything else that all of the people them are doing. Hospitals. When we talk about medical racism, when we're talking about maternal mortality rates, we're not talking about it as if it's something that stands alone. Black women are dying um, during childbirth or soon after. If you're listening to this and you're pregnant, you're protected by all the energies. But when we're talking about this in a governmental structural sense, in an institutional sense, the reason that these statistics are the way that they are is because there is an apathy, an aggressive apathy towards the lives and, and, um, the souls and the divinity of black women, whatever you want to call it, like, it's clear to see, like, black people are just not respected within the medical healthcare sort of industry, they're not respected, and so, for the longest time, people have tried to run with this narrative of black women being bad mothers, black women and breastfeeding. Rare, rare, rare. But who was breastfeeding your fucking children on the, on the plantations? Who was nursing your children when you were too busy walking up and down getting sunburned because you're in a fucking country you had no business being in? Who was doing all of that? But then after you've decided that you now want to be more hands-on mothers, oh, look at us doing baby wearing. Guess who was doing baby wearing first, ho? Okay. So, it's just to me, it's absolutely wild that black women, black children aren't safe within the healthcare industry. They're not safe because, due to medical racism, due to systemic and institutionalized racism, we're not safe. And therefore, we have to put um, things in place to ensure our own safety and so that we can advocate for ourselves. But imagine trusting a hospital, bringing your child in, and this is what you lot are doing. Same thing when we're dealing with the crack epi- um, ec- um, epidemic, right? you, it was a governmental effort to flood um, low socioeconomic areas, um, predominantly black people's areas, flood them with drugs, flood flood it with crack cocaine, and then now when these um, um, mothers are coming to deliver their child, you're realizing that rah, okay, they're addicts or whatever, and you take the child, and then you send them to jail, but that wasn't the case. That's not how it was working when you were dealing with white women or white middle-class women. That's not how it was working there. But black women, whatever the status they had in society, you go to jail because you were taking drugs and, um, and will take your child away from you. No empathy whatsoever. Saisha Mercado is not even coming to you on that vibe. She's looking after a child, minding her business. She tried to keep her child away from you lot as much as possible, looking after a child. The moment she noticed something a guan, she was like, all right, cool let's go to the hospital. You get to the hospital or now you take her child from her. And because of the nature of that, you've already started that. You're now like, okay, we've got a court order to come and take your other child as well. Now, if she was somebody that wasn't previously known because of her talents and she'd been on American Idol or whatever, you lot would have been able to do that. And you've been doing it. You've been doing it to various black mothers. You've been doing it for ages and getting away with it. You did it with her eyes then turned on like was able to see her and people are now amplifying her voice you're not going to be able to get away with it as simply as you did before because now people are going to be supporting financially making sure she's got the money and her and her partner and partner have got the money to be able to pay attorneys and things like that um it reminds me of that movie that i watched um i care a lot somebody else online made the same um, observation the way that the courts can be used to target and prey upon vulnerable people and you can't really contest it because it's like oh here's a court order but the person that went to go and get that court order had a malevolent um, you know um, intentions, and they're granted this court order, and they can do what they like. No spoiler, but I love how that movie ended. It pleased me greatly how that movie ended because when you do clownery, the clown surely comes by to get comes back to get your clart. So I'm glad, but I hope that this situation is sorted. But for the judicial system in um, in America, you can all go suck your mothers. You absolutely, demons, and the same for the, um, the healthcare workers that were dealing with this situation with Saisha, everybody that was involved institutionally with taking this child, or these children away from Saisha and her partner, you all deserve to rot in hell, you're all nasty, nasty, heartless people, because after you've been shown evidence that goes against what you initially believed, you always have the choice to change your mind, you lot are being wrong and strong, and for that reason, you should, you should suck your mother's dry until you dehydrate and you pass out, that's all I want, um, as of Friday morning, it says here, the family has raised more than 208,000 pounds, um, topping their 200,000, um, sorry, I said 200,000 pounds, 208,000 dollars, topping their $200,000 goal on a GoFundMe page to cover legal bills. The total increased significantly after Wednesday's events. Um, I hope that they get more money to be able to see them through this and that they can have a life away from everything else. But I know that then what will happen is the IRS will be like, oh, you got given some money. Do you want to tell us about the tax on that? Because wherever you look, people are trying to give you drama trying to give you stress and I fucking hate that but um yeah I just wanted to share that that they can all suck their mothers and I'm sending all of the love all of the support to Saisha Mercado um Armanra, Ra the new baby girl and her partner I hope that you know this is sorted out soon enough because I know quite a few big names are getting involved now not Sean King thankfully because he's now decided to make t-shirts so um everything should balance out um in other news, Preeti Patel is another person that needs to suck her mother dry with her wonky lip. She needs to suck her mother dry because these deportation flights that they keep trying to do—you're trying to deport, um, you're trying to deport foreign criminals. No, even if they were born elsewhere, they grew up here. They grew up here all of their life. They've been here. You're like, okay, they committed a crime. I now get to um, deport them. But you know who you should be focusing all of this energy on instead of trying to deport people? Why don't you focus this energy on Prince Andrew? there is an entire prince andrew there who was great friends with jeffrey epstein they were doing the most and bill gates your own time is coming yeah billionaire gates bill billion your own time is coming all right i know it's william or is it sometimes people are just called bill anyway your own time is coming because you can't lie you that had the mind to be able to use it to create microsoft from 99 91 93 or whatever you could use your mind to create this software you and your brethren or whatever but you don't have the you can't use the same mind to know that you shouldn't be hanging out with somebody that's on the, that's on the sex offenders list for trafficking children um, and getting and having these children sexually assaulted. you don't you don't think you don't think that you shouldn't be friends with somebody like that. And the thing is he already served jail time after you met him. No, before you met him. So you met him after he'd already done these things al- allegedly, right? And then you still chose to enter into philanthropic projects with him. What sense does that make that you were going to go and do philanthropy with somebody that has been um, um, convicted of such vile crimes? Why would that be okay? And this is why I'm saying that like, a lot of this philanthropy, a lot of this philanthrocapitalism capitalism that people are on at the moment, this biomedical, biotech wave, um, all of that stuff, sustainability tech, all of that stuff, but more importantly the philanthropy the setting up schools in Africa all of that stuff are usually for me and orphanages are fronts for sex trafficking sex trafficking trafficking children and they're disappearing because no and nobody knows where they've gone anybody that's involved in that you will rot in the hottest pit of hell I promise you don't care if you're a celebrity now don't even care if you're a celebrity that because I don't know too much about what you're doing I admire you but let me find out let me find out and me and my ancestors are rolling up on you at 248. A.m. at night, and you're going to get spiritually flogged. How about that? Um, but yeah, I just think it's disgusting. Pretty has got all of this energy. Meanwhile, the person that she needs to be focusing on is the whole Prince Andrew, since we have this separation of powers, don't we? Oh, but do we? Because the Queen's always asking to know what these laws are before they get passed in case they're going to impact the kind of um, people finding out about just how rich she is. And it's funny because you lot couldn't provide um, security for Prince Harry and Meghan when you were having your rift with them and he got cut off. But suddenly the Queen is going to undo. The right, the legal um, fees that Prince Andrew's going to incur, doesn't he have money of his own, and, and so you've got money to do that, but you didn't have money for your grandson, when your, um, is it grandson, is it grandson, yes, yes, his grandson, because, you know, they, they'd be so old in that family, anyway, um, but when Meghan was getting flogged, flogged by the press, you gave her a warm blanket on her lap and tapped her lap while you were leaving them to deal with her outside. So what I need to know is, has the queen got power or has she not? Because sometimes you tell a story and you want to give us cute granny, then you're giving us, oh, well, she's got money, her money's long, she'll be able to do this and she's got all the autonomy. I need to know what exactly the story is because you can't keep lying anymore. And this is more of a reason why the monarchy needs to go because if a guy's saying that if I did do anything, it was done during a time where I had diplomatic immunity because I'm part of the royal family. In that case, nobody should have diplomatic immunity, and I don't even think diplomatic immunity should save you from doing such vile things, no, if you've committed a crime crime, baby, which you have, then jail is calling you, okay, that is what you need to go and wear, the only robe you need to go and wear is your prison garment, baby, right, um, so if that wasn't clear, pretty Patel can suck her mom, Prince Andrew, you can directly go and suck your mother, and you, Queen, well, we know that, let me not even, let me not even, because if I speak, they'll come and arrest me, so that's that, for, for that part, but the final straw of the week, if I can get through this in under eight minutes, I'll be glad, my last straw of the week goes out to Eamon Holmes, um, Eamon Holmes is a, um, I think he's of Irish descent, is he, um, he's a presenter on ITV, um, one of the daytime shows, and, um, The last week he had Doctor Zoe Williams, as they usually do, because she's like a TV doctor type person. Um, they had her on the show, and as they were talking, he referred to her hair, and um, he said, "You know, your hair reminds me of an alpaca," and she tried to laugh it off, and he says, "You know, I just wanted to pet it." Um yeah, okay, so it says here, Eamon Holmes is an Irish broadcaster, um, and he's, um, yeah, he does all of these things, he's on ITV at the moment, doing what he does there, Um, and people are like, oh yeah, you know, they want him to be sacked, and rare, 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 I don't even have the energy for all of that, I'm just asking people to be consistent, this guy, this is not the first time that he's done this, he's the same one that called Meghan Markle uppity, Appetit is so racially charged and people be like, oh, but he couldn't surely have known that 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 would be the implication of what he was saying. No, he does know. He does know. So stop making excuses for people. He's very aware of what he fucking said. So stop making excuses for him. I just feel like it's extremely um, wild that he feels like, oh yeah, I said that. And what? Like, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm going to play the clip. Hold on. Let me just get it up hold on let <laughs> me just get it up your hair me of an today. let me take it back hold on so um your hair is very alpaca-ish your hair is very alpaca-ish i just want to pet it Every racist microaggression in that moment, and now people wonder why I created Sally in HR. You're wondering why Shereen Daniels is having the, um, you know, um, the the conference uh, when you're meant to be looking at racial equity in a workplace, and and all of these things is because people do things like this people do things like this, like, how embarrassing is that for somebody on national t- television, on live TV, um, they've come to discuss whatever medical things that they, that you've asked them to talk about that day, because I think she's a GP or something, she come to discuss that that day, And then you're talking about her hair, now, it's important to note that, um, Dr Zoe Williams is a biracial, she's light-skinned, she's a light-skinned biracial woman, and, um, yeah she didn't used to wear her hair out and then she started wearing her hair out i guess around when 2020 everyone was discovering themselves or whatever all cool but she's come to talk about one thing and then you're sidelining the thing and talking about oh your hair reminds me of an alpaca i just want to um pet it before that another biracial woman you called uppity said you don't like her attitude or because she wants um privacy for herself and her family To me, I'm getting, I'm doing two and two, and I'm definitely getting the right answer. I don't know what the answer is that the rest of you lot are getting. So it's, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really extremely wild. Um, he then came back and gave a non-apology because obviously he did the same thing when it was the uppity comment as well. He didn't feel like he'd done anything wrong. And he said, oh yeah, well, you know, um, sorry if you all, miss oh there what did he say hey everyone out there if my attempt at being humorous with my friend dr zoe williams was misjudged i am mortified and humbly apologize to anyone who was offended if it's not an apology if it's not an apology because you're making it out like well if it you, you know if something that got to you i sorry i guess you're not committed to that. And then to say, my friend, Dr. Zoe Williams is for you to say, well, she's my black friend, black in this situation, but she's my black friend. Um, So, you know, what's the issue? She didn't have a problem with it. So why do you, she's my friend. And, it's just so sinister, it's so extremely sinister to be able to do that, and white people, I said this before, I, didn't I say this last week, or do we, Like always mortified, why are white people always mortified when they are faced with their own racism, as if they weren't there when it happened, oh I'm mortified, oh I'm so mortified that, you know, that that, that would be the way that this was taken, I don't have a racist bone in my body, look, you lot took it that way, that's not how I meant it, I'm mortified, stop being mortified, you know what mort even means, it means like, almost like, we so like scared to death almost um yeah mortis to die right so anyway well you know the option's always there anyway my whole thing is like it's just absolutely disgusting that you would say that oh i'm mortified i'm mortified anyone who keeps wanting to use i'm mortified i'll remind you that the option is always there right? Because you can't keep saying things like this and thinking like, oh, it's okay. And I must have misjudged. How did you misjudge the situation? You forgot you were live. You forgot you were on air. You you, you forgot that you were talking to another human being. If she were a white woman, would you have said, oh, um, your hair looks like an alpaca today? Because again, we come back to that whole conversation of how having any sort of black heritage as a woman, means invites people to think that you're less than woman so they can talk to you any which way they like and you need this is your firm reminder in 2021 that you cannot and if you try it if you get bust in your throat if you get punched in your eye it is what it is um And so I humbly apologize to anyone who was offended. No, no, apologize to black people. It's not about anyone who was offended because you lot love doing that as well. You go, anyone who was offended. So then white people can jump up and go, either white people or the coons can jump up and go, I wasn't offended. I didn't see any harm. I forgive you. How are you forgiving something that wasn't done to you? How are you forgiving a transgression that was not committed on at you? How? How? How are you forgiving a violence that wasn't afflicted upon you? Stop forgiving things that you have nothing to do with. Nobody fucking asked you for your forgiveness. You know what they did ask you for? Seasoning. You know what they did ask you for? To shower. You know what they did ask you for? To wash your fucking legs. Go and do the things that have actually been asked of you and stop involving yourself in things that nobody asked you about. How about that? But for me, after that non-apology... I've got to say it. And I said, i would save it for the podcast because obviously I've got to be sensitive to the things that people are going through. And, um, you know, um, Zoe has just had a new, um, her baby and she, baby's fresh, you know, fresh out the naan, all of that stuff. So emotions are everywhere and she needs all of the peace and tranquility during this time. But I feel like it would be disingenuous of me to not address the statement that she put out after all of this has happened. And also, in that vein, the conversations that all the other biracial girls, biracial mixed black and white, the conversations that they were having around this and the people that they were citing and um, when all of this was happening. If you haven't gotten it already, I'm going to make it very, very clear to you that there are certain people that I do not fuck with in the publishing industry. Let us be clear about that, right? Because Certain people that I know, dark-skinned black women that I know, have been the access point for them to garner all the information that they go about, spewing, spouting in their books, talking about online, and convoluting what the issues truly are. Oh, the issue's about hair. It's not about skin colour because people aren't treated differently in the schools because of their dark skin colour. You're a fucking liar. You're a fucking liar and you're violent. Oh, the issue that we shouldn't be, that we should be focusing on isn't colorism. It's hair texture Nah, not. All of you lot are only confirmed that concerned about hair texture, because you got given the 4C hair texture with your mixed raceness, with your biraciality, you got given the 4C hair texture, so you have to care, but I doubt that you would care if your curl pattern was looser, right, so now, the, in the same vein of centering white, the way white people center themselves in conversations, and act like racism's not a thing, or you're being offensive when you bring it up, it's the way, the same way that some of you move when you're biracial, especially women, when you're biracial, black and white in this case, um, And a conversation is happening around colorism and you want to move it away as soon as possible because you want to focus on the fact that, oh, well, I've experienced racism too. So they don't care what color we are. If you're a biracial person who goes around saying, they don't care what color we are. We're all black to them. You're a liar. You're a liar and you're a thief because you know definitely who's considered palatable and who is not. The very fact that it's even the fact that Dr. Zoe is there speaks to that all the talking heads that we see on TV, what color are they? We've got Dr. Shola, yeah, we've got people here, here, there, every, How? look at, look at everybody in terms of proportion. Why is it that then it's usually the lighter skinned people, usually, then they're usually um, biracial, that are the ones that are talking on these platforms, because they're seen as the more palatable voice, it wasn't out of merit, I'm really sorry to break it to you. It's not out of merit. Yes, you're intelligent, but so are all the other monoracial or darker skinned people over there and they didn't get the opportunity. Sorry to break it to you. And what's worse is that some of you, man, aren't even like, you know what, I can see my privilege here. So I'm going to have some jobs for myself and I'm also going to send some other jobs around. You're not doing that because you want to protect what you have. Case in point, you lots of favourite auntie that was talking about La Revolution or whatever. Some people will use as much as they can about um uh, uh, you know regarding their ethnicity regarding their race their biraciality or whatever use it to get the things that they want but they very much align themselves with white ideals very much so and the moment you call that into question they'll let you know exactly what they think about you calling calling us what fucking rabid wolves Right. That is loaded. That is a racially loaded term. And I have to keep bringing all of these things back so you connect everything and understand that if you are a biracial person, black and white in this case, um, in white spaces, you have a duty. You have a duty to make sure that as much as you're speaking about your experience, you also signpost to people that actually there are people who are darker than me, who experience a different type of violence that some would say is actually more severe. In fact, we know it to be more severe, but you're not doing that. You're not getting a spotlight and you start acting up. You start acting up and I don't like it. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily all that happened in this particular situation, but I felt like it was best to address it. Um, whether we see your faces or not, some of you have made links um, in, you know, networking behind the scenes where your biraciality serves you, right, so you're getting book deals, you're getting things, you're getting that, again, rarely do I see it where you're like, actually, we acknowledge that we got these things because of the space that we straddle in this, um you know, in this society, so, Because of that, we also understand that we have to bring voices in, voices from here, there, everywhere. A lot of you aren't doing that. You're disingenuous and I think that you're liars and I think that you're thieves. You're releasing books talking about this joy, that joy, that joy here. Mm, Clearly deliberately missing out the voices that have been championing these same narratives for ages, documentaries will come along, again, you're very careful to choose the darker skinned people that you involve in these documentaries, because you don't want the light, you don't want to be, the shine to be taken off you, so in this episode, in this 2021, I'm letting you lot know about yourselves, because I see it, and I don't fucking like it, if nobody else is going to tell you the truth, I will tell you the truth today, I don't like it, and that's why I don't fuck with a lot of you lot, and I leave you to do the things that you're doing because you like to be very selective in the realities that you acknowledge and I think that that's smelly but I thought I was going to be done in eight minutes clearly not but anyway I'm again I'm not saying that this is the severity with which um Zoe is moving but I me and mine did not like the statement I will read it. it says here I know that many people may have been upset by Eamon's remark on air yesterday, and Eamon has himself acknowledged that his comments made to me on this morning were misjudged. Again, what does this mean? Just that first bit, what does that mean? It wasn't misjudged. What did he misjudge that, oh, I said it in public? And that's another thing I was going to allude to earlier, um, talk, um, talk on earlier, people say these things publicly, so what the fuck are they saying privately, how are they talking to the black people that they know privately, do they know black people, and the black people that they know, why haven't you poisoned them yet, anyway, carrying on, it says here, he has done the right thing by apologizing to me directly, and I have, ac- um, and I have accepted his apology, cool, again, he offended you, you could choose to deal with that how you like, cool, what I want to say is that I'm aware that his remarks, though meant without malice, again, what do you mean it was, wasn't meant with malice? Well, you can say that it wasn't meant with conscious malice, right? But the thing is, it's there. The, the way that people feel that they can talk to people who are non-white in, you know, in 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 totality is wild. Anyway, what I want to say is that I'm aware that his remarks, though meant without malice, have offended people. And if that comment had been made to me by a stranger, then I too would likely have been offended. It was misjudged. And I think it's fair to say that both Eamon and I wish it hadn't been said. Okay. I have, um, where does it go on? Um, it goes on to say, um, I've had lots of comments and questions sent to me about what happened yesterday and I wanted to take a moment to reflect before responding. Sometimes it's difficult to know how to respond to, in these situations so I feel it's best to speak honestly and from the heart. I feel torn as on the one hand it pains me to see the abuse that Eamon has been receiving because of this. That's not okay either and I want to stop you right there. It's perfectly okay. Dr Zoe is perfectly okay. It's perfectly okay for him to receive the abuse that he's been getting. Definitely, I don't condone death threats or anything like that. None of that stuff, that doesn't run. But at the same time he's not getting abuse per se, he's getting criticism, rightful criticism, and again this is how we coddle white people, specifically white men, and that's why that guy over there was out shooting in Plymouth, and you're saying that it's not a terrorist act, I'm not here saying that Eamon is a terrorist, but I'm saying like this, these things exist on a spectrum, we refuse to hold white people, specifically white men accountable, for the things that they do, and making them feel like, oh it's just the world against you, so you can pick up a gun at any, time and go and shoot up people and will say that it's not an act of terrorism you know even though he admitted this um J- it was um jake davidson that he was part of um um incel groups and all of that and to me that's political whether you like it or not you are upset because you're involuntary seller celi- you're involuntarily celibate and so you're going to go and shoot people up and you killed your own mum in the process nah that's wild so my my heart goes out to um the people, um, living in that area and the family that, and the people that lost their lives we but we really, really have to sit down and take a moment to think about the day-to-day violences from white men that we just allow and how that grows into a larger narrative as we've seen it in our society due to white supremacist patriarchy, the things that we just let people run rampant with. It's just, it's just ridiculous, um, at this point. Um, So no, he deserves criticism. He definitely does. Same as that Kate Clancy one that is getting to rewrite her book with all of the tropes that she had in it that I talked about from last week. And um, people are raising their voice like Lionel Shriver talking about, oh, well, you know, you can't, you shouldn't cancel her. She's not being cancelled. She's not being cancelled because as a white woman, she's literally getting another... Opportunity from her publisher to rewrite the fucked up bitch. She's getting a re. She's getting a rewrite after the book has already been published. That is far from being cancelled. What are you not talking about, you fucking idiots? Anyway, meanwhile, um, Sh- um, Suleiman, um, Monisha Rajesh, all the people, Dr. Sunny, all the people that spoke up, um, and said that what she, what was in that book was wrong. They're still getting racist abuse, but you're not raising your voice for that. You're not writing your articles about that, are you? When when you were on the same woman's hour with me, Leonel Leonel Shriver, where they call you were on the same woman's hour with me, you heard when Emma Barnett was speaking about me like a dog, and you said nothing. You said nothing, even when the misinformation was being peddled online. You said nothing. So that's clear that if you if you enjoy violence to, towards women of color, just say that and move the fuck on, rather than trying to write think pieces that are so heavily laced in racism, it's hard to miss. Anyway, back to this anyway... I feel torn, as on the one hand, it pains me to see the abuse that Eamon has been um, receiving because of this, Um, that's not okay either, Eamon is a friend of mine, he's one of the most warm-hearted people in television, and has always been supportive of me and my career, and I just want to take a moment there, and this is where I have a massive problem, because like I said, this isn't the first time that he's done something that's really, really glaringly racist, and if you want to say, it's not racist, well it's horribly racist adjacent, right, because when he was calling Megan uppity, he was contributing to the, um, and it's contributing to that culture of making it okay to talk about this woman in a specific way, so even after she's had a pregnancy loss, she's gone through this, gone through that, you still feel like she's not deserving of her privacy, nah, that's not a warm-hearted person, I'm so sorry to break it to you, you call people as they are, but again, that biraciality means that when shit gets hot, you will align yourself with where you feel like you are most needed. And that's usually not with black women. And that is sad to me. And this isn't the first time I've had this sort of issue either, because I try to brush it off. We were on BBC London, BBC Radio London or whatever together talking about the maternal mortality rates. They've brought you on, Dr. Zoe, to talk about, oh, um, from an expert perspective, about why the, the rates might be what they are. And I'm on to talk because I talk and I'm a professional talker. So I'm on. And then I'm hearing you say things about, oh yeah, you know, well, we don't necessarily, I think it was something along the lines of we shouldn't have to see it as anything sinister and rare, rare, rare. And I was just like, how are you saying this? What are you saying? What are you saying? Like, sometimes if you don't know things, please, it's okay to be quiet. It's okay to not take up every TV spot when they're asking you to speak on certain things, because naturally, once they get one person that's non-white and they're like, okay, you've got that black heritage, they'll ask you to come and speak on behalf of everybody. But if you don't know the history of what you're talking about, Don't talk about it because you're literally putting darker women in danger. You're putting darker skinned black women in danger when you do that kind of stuff. Don't do it. I'm glad that in 2020, all of you started to discover yourselves and you wanted to wear your hair like this and wear your hair like that. But sometimes, you know, do that. And also in the same vein, I also want to say, big up, this is planted, big up Afrocentrics because they make amazing things for giving you moisture in your hair and getting it bouncy and glowy. So, um, I really enjoy what they've done for me, and I recommend it for everybody, but um, apart from that, um, because I saw people making comments, and I just wanted to, you know, say that there, there are loads of things that, we, you know, that we all benefit from, so if we're talking about this being a case of just talking about hair, the politics of hair, well, actually, yes, you can have 4C hair and face the kind of horrible comments that Eamon made, but now imagine having 4C hair and being darker skinned on top of that, basically not being light skinned, imagine what that feels like, and then the darker you get, the more horrible that abuse is, right? Um. Yeah, I didn't like that, I just have to say. Um, then, um, she goes on to say, but on the other hand, it has opened the door to a conversation I feel needs to be had. I've spent most of my life hearing comments about my hair from people who aren't my friend, often combined with an attempt to touch my hair. And it has a very different impact. After a lifetime of laughing it off, I'm only just now learning to set boundaries for myself. I'm really, really happy for you. I think that's a beautiful way to live your life. Um, these comments can be called microaggressions, yeah indeed they can, and I'm sure people watching who've had similar experiences reacted to yesterday's comments just as if it had happened to them. Microaggressions are normally subtle comments made towards minority ethnic or culturally marginalized groups that communicate derogatory, hostile or condescending opinions. The comment Uh, the comments can be made with or without malice and without with or without malicious intent but nevertheless are offensive to the person they're directed at many people with afro um, slash textured hair go to great lengths whether consciously or unconsciously to feel more accepted and or avoid comments judgment and touching i straightened my hair for years mm -hmm, trying to fit in trying to fit in before deciding to wear my hair naturally but now my afro is a part of my identity and i'm proud to show it off I love that for you um you may be reading this and worrying that you have made inappropriate or hurtful comments perhaps you just didn't know it's okay to get it wrong we all do no we don't um what comes after the mistake is what matters most if we care enough and are brave enough to do some deep sometimes painful reflection and vow to make the necessary changes moving forward then that is enough our society is in the process of change, much overdue change for the better, it's a shame we have to experience these extremely difficult and uncomfortable situations but they are all a part of the journey, comments about a person's appearance, whether a reflection of race or otherwise are more subject to criticism than ever before, there is no place for them in public forums, no there's no place for them at all because now it's like you're saying that they should happen privately and they shouldn't do that and they shouldn't happen anywhere, So, my ask would be that people who are open to trying to understand where this upset comes from in order to make the necessary changes for future generations and to those who were offended, and my ask is not to take all of your frustrations out on one person who made a genuine mistake, again, but to use this example in a positive way to highlight and educate so we can progress. No, no, no it's not the duty of the oppressed to now be educating the oppressor. no the fuck no respectfully fucking hell no respectfully never. how about that and I and I really really have to point out the way that you're Zoe you're talking around the thing you address the people who um you address Eamon, fine. You address the people who may be confused about what's going on, fine. But then when it gets to the black people, because let's call them what they are, the black people who are offended by what happened, it's, oh, you guys, tone it down a bit. That's tone policing. Whether you realize it or not, that's tone policing and that's not cool. Almost as if they're they're overreacting with what happened and if they really want to help, they should just educate. I'm not fucking educating any rascal body because 2020, you motherfuckers said, oh, we're listening and we're learning and every book under the rascal sun. Was suggested to you for you to go and read, and you chose not to read it. So, how is it now anybody else's problem who's black or biracial or black and white to now sit down and start explaining things to people on an elementary level? Go and teach yourselves. You had all the book recommendations. Go back into your search history because when it's time to find Ebony Porn, you know how to find that. But now you need your handheld and your hair stroked when it's time to figure out how to not be such a bigot. No, no. And again, I have to stress that yes, that was Zoe's experience on national TV. She gets to deal with it how she wants. I respect that. I respect that she's, you know, a new mother. She's dealing with all the things that she's dealing with. Lots of things happening. I respect that so much. And so this should not feel like a personal attack, but I am well within my rights to say that as somebody who's so public facing, you can't throw black women under the bus who have experienced similar things and basically be like, oh, well, here's a little bit of education and the people who were offended. And even the way that you're referring to them as people who were offended as if you know they're just those people over there no you can come better than that you can come better than that and be specific because now what's happening if you go and look at the comments under that post is oh yeah he definitely wasn't being racist thank you so much for saying this this was so well written even that so well written is also a microaggression because what people who are nigger adjacent aren't meant to be able to write what are you talking about Oh, this was so well written. This was so well said. Thank you. I knew he wasn't being racist and people are overreacting. Oh my God. Yeah. I got teased when I, um, for having freckles when I was growing up. So I understand what it is to be teased. No, the fuck you don't. Because it wasn't because of being um, having freckles that you didn't get housing, that you didn't get education, that you're more likely to die during childbirth, like that you don't get certain jobs. Stop trying it. Stop trying to conflate the rascal issue. Sorry. It makes me so angry. I even have to contain myself it makes me so angry because it's so unfair and I've talked about even from the space of Justin Bieber jumping on the essence track to this I feel this sense of sadness, I feel this sense of sadness that when people have certain spaces, they don't validate the rightful feelings of other people who might not agree with the decisions at hand. It's okay to be like, boom, I've made this decision, but at the same time, I understand why people can feel this way, rather than invalidating what other people are feeling, because oh well, it is what it is. It's not fair, it's really nasty, and you're complicit in gaslighting people in that case, as far as I'm concerned, but Sending Dr. Zoe all of the love because it can't be easy to figure out what to say in such a white dominated field. You don't want to now be ostracized and not get booked for more jobs. I understand you, you you need to secure your bag and maybe you genuinely just enjoy hanging out with these people. Don't know why, but you do you. But I feel like at the same time, especially biracial women when you're being asked to take up these spaces you have to make sure that you've got your points on lock and your points are as far reaching as possible to make sure that people understand that there are other people that are more severely impacted by these behaviors than just you that is what you need to be doing henceforth rather than making it about your feelings and like oh well that we're all we're, we're all black to them no we're not no we're not and start telling the truth anyway that's that so Eamon can get a straw for definitely, and all the people trying to conflate this with um having red hair, having freckles, um accepting apologies that weren't directed at you. All of you can go suck your mothers as well. But for Doctor Zoe specifically, I'm wishing you all the love, all the light, like all the protection. Do you? Um, and, and I hope that we all go about learning more so we can be of more use to each other collectively. But that's that for this week's episode of SYM. You can follow me on at KelechiNikoff at Say Your Mind Pod. You can support the podcast on patreon.com forward slash Kelechi Okafor, if, especially if you want to get a one-to-one tarot reading. I think I've decided that I'm only going to offer tarot readings to the people who are on Patreon now. Can't be jumping on every platform letting you know that it's available. So that makes my life a lot easier. Um, And yeah, I guess that that's that. I'll add the um, conference link for you. Thank you, Skillshare. Thank you, Issue. And yeah, that's it. This has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right, suck your mom catch you later it's the fence Brunani woman is baby boys baby girls you need to hear this sit down sit down receive this realness make sure your cups ready for the tea we gonna go sipping your hard time's calling for your long shorts you might learn something you we'll never know let you find and she's one of the kind don't say mind say your mind